0: Today, I'm Tom Ribby, and this is Market to Melrose. This is the fourth episode of a podcast by the North and West Melbourne News, the award-winning local newspaper published by the North and West Melbourne Neighbourhood Centre on Errol Street, North Melbourne. Bordered by Flagstaff Gardens to the south, Queen Vic Market to the east, Royal Park and the Hospitals to the north, and the mighty Maribyrnong River in the west, our neighbourhood is a village right in the heart of Melbourne, where people like living close to each other and within walking distance of everything this episode our feature includes some exclusive recordings of folk music from the silk road region of central asia performed by local musician artist and economist ed Chow. this episode also features the return of the community notice board segment after a brief hiatus due to the Queensbury cup special the community notice board is a crowdsourced segment so if you've got something coming up that you want to plug let me know and we'll talk about getting it on the show you can reach me on facebook or instagram or email me at market2melrose at gmail.com. Huge thanks to everybody who has reached out regarding the last episode, which was all about the Queensbury Cup. The response has been terrific, and I was so happy to hear that people enjoyed it. If you haven't heard it yet, I'm sure you'll love the interviews with the intrepid Billy racers aged between 7 and 78. If you're enjoying this podcast there's three things you can do to help us out first please subscribe to the podcast so we can reach you every time we put out an episode it's free to do just hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app please leave us a good rating or a like if you're listening on YouTube finally please leave a review even just a word or a line shows newcomers that actual humans have been enjoying the show if you can't think of what to say just write love the pod these three acts will take you about 90 seconds and we'll be eternally grateful 90 seconds for an eternity now that's a bargain so get on it today for today's episode i invited west melbourne resident ed jow to join me in studio four at the state library ed is the kind of guy who would perfectly fit the description there are many strings to his bow except that he plays an oud, not a violin. He is a prolific contributor to the North and West Melbourne news, primarily with his hand-drawn illustrations, comics, and spot-the-difference games that grace the pages of each edition. Ed is also a professional transport economist and has travelled widely around the world. The autumn 2022 edition of the news reported that Ed, who was born in China and grew up in Beijing, became an Australian citizen alongside his wife, Apeksha. In a recent edition, the news revealed another side of Ed, his love of folk music from Turkic-speaking Central Asian cultures along the Silk Road. The news reported how Ed and his family band performed a concert in the Flagstaff Gardens. They shared a repertoire of bittersweet folk songs they learned during lockdown in one of the few places in the neighbourhood where people were able to socialise during the pandemic. Ed, Apeksha and their son Kai joined me in the studio recently to record some songs and have a chat about this exotic style of Turkic folk songs. Unfortunately, only one of the songs we recorded came out well a solo piece by Ed accompanying himself on the oud. The recording of the other song did not quite sound right and my amateur studio engineer skills are entirely to blame. This was actually the first time I've had more than one person in the studio. It means we can't hear Kai's singing and drum playing on the Uyghur track that they played. We'll have to get Ed and Kai back to record some more tunes once I've mastered the gear at Studio 4. Now without further ado, here's Ed Chow.
1: kirarikaru aru tabi ya mon usukudan akirarikaru aru tabi ya Tergi Kati I can't believe
0: Thank you very much for that beautiful music, Ed and Kai. And we're also joined here by Pecha.
2: Hello. It's
0: called
3: Üsküdar'a Giderikan. It means uh, on the way to Üsküdar'a, which is a seaside town in, um, in Turkey, near Istanbul. And Katim means my scribe. So it's about a, a girl, a rich young lady, and her male scribe on the way to a seaside town. And the rain started to pour. And describes shirt got all wet. And 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 and
0: <laughs> Is that where it's from? From Turkey? Yeah, it's a mm. Turkish song. Oh, okay. um, and you've got the you've got the words written down there.
3: Yeah, that's right. So um, that's in the Turkish uh, modern Turkish spelling um, that I found from the internet. All <laughs> oh,
0: right. What are the common themes that that um, tie together this uh, this repertoire?
3: Yeah. So a lot of our our uh, pieces so far are from along the Silk Road uh, in various languages, whether it's Turkish, Azeri, Uyghur, and Han Chinese as well. A lot of these songs are about love and longing. And a lot of these places are conflict zones as well today and historically. And I think there's something beautiful in, in, in everything. And while there's a lot of torment and, and everything else going on, uh, I think love is a, a theme. Uh, has uh, stood the test of time, wherever you are. So, a lot of our songs are love songs from along the Silk Road.
0: And what drew you to that region of the world as a, as an inspiration for your for your repertoire?
3: And that's an interesting question. I mean, uh, a lot of things are unrelated. Um, my my personal uh, my favorite sort of food are from from there, so I'm naturally drawn more and more to the culture uh, along the Silk Road and. Uh, during, uh, I can't remember which lockdown, maybe two, we started watching this Turkish drama that has about 150 episodes and each of them is like two and a half hours long. So along that journey, we started learning more Turkic things. Uh, so, yeah, so then we started developing
0: our repertoire. And uh, how strong is your Turkish uh, language?
3: Not very good. and uh, Any Turkic speakers out there probably can tell. Um, but hopefully, more or less, I haven't butchered all the pronunciations.
0: So you're you're speaking, you're singing words that you don't necessarily understand the meaning, or have you have you delved into learning the language?
3: Uh, bits and pieces. Uh, I mean, uh, there is a transliteration. Well, Turkish itself is written in Roman alphabets or adapted version, and a lot of Uyghur songs you can have transliterations. So, ultimately, uh, there there are words that are you know, uzum means long, so uh, are quite standard across all Turkic languages, and you pick up here and there. So it's not that I don't understand completely, but I can't say I completely understand either. Sure,
0: yeah. Um, and, and there are similarities between the languages of all those different cultures, are there?
3: Yeah, yeah, uh, I think so. Um, I think a lot of the, some of the common words are, are understandable um, across that uh, entire stretch
0: so, you haven't grown up speaking these languages. How many languages can you speak sort of fluently?
3: Uh, not, not that many, only two. <laughs> I speak Mandarin, Chinese fluently, and English.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> and Kai, can you speak any other languages apart I from English? Mandarin. You can speak Mandarin? You've been over to China recently. Yeah. Did you speak to a lot of people in Mandarin over yeah, there? I
2: spoke to all the um, family.
0: To your family? Oh, that's terrific.
2: And when I was in the public too.
0: Okay. What sort of things can you talk to people about um, in Mandarin?
2: Like if I go to the shop and I want to buy something, I can ask. Or um, I, if I need to know where something is, I can ask.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, what about these languages of the songs that you were just singing? Can't, can't understand? That. Okay. Well, you did a pretty good job of uh, pretending. You're lucky to have gone on a, on a holiday to Beijing recently. I'd love to go over there. And picture. can you speak uh, any other languages apart from English?
1: <laughs> I can speak my mother tongue, which is Gujarati. It's from the west coast of India mm-hmm. and a couple of other Indian languages. Mm. I speak some French, French. and some French Spanish. and a bit of Spanish.
0: A multilingual household. <laughs> You're very lucky, Kai, to grow up in a household with, with different languages. So you said that uh, you've, you've just started singing these kinds of songs since COVID, is that right?
3: Yeah, that's right. Mm. Um, I can't remember which lockdown it was, although there were many. Um, and the longing for travel, for adventure, uh, got better off me, mm. <laughs> I suppose. Uh, so I bought a wood from <laughs> the internet, uh, and it was shipped from Izmir, Turkey, um, and then bought a Comanche, <laughs> and then bought uh, Wait,
0: what's something? a Comanche?
3: Comanche is like uh, a violin, a pic, spike mm-hmm. fiddle. Uh, it's like a violin played vertically. It's a Persian okay. instrument. Um, and his majority of Comanches, I think, from Iran today. But he's also played in Turkey, in Central Asia as well. And there are versions of it. It's a like violin, four strings played vertically. Uh, it's quite quite challenging, but good fun. So bought one of those, and then uh, just more and more instruments found their way to our, <laughs> to our Melbourne home. So yeah, I, I think that was kind of a, a way of, uh, one is spending time, two is having fun, and three, a sense of travel and adventure and something new, something exotic perhaps.
0: Uh, so that was your um, lockdown project While other people were uh, making sourdough bread I was baking a lot of cakes uh, You were learning how to play the oud
3: Yeah, that's right uh, for, for us um, And Kai picked up the drums uh, And the guitar And, and, and other things um, I mean, we, I played the piano And Kai plays the piano as well That's the sort of bass instrument mm-hmm. And then you branch out, branch out from, from
0: there um, and uh, what what kind of music were you playing before you branched out into this?
3: For uh, well my my upbringing is mainly in Western classical music, mm-hmm. uh, Mozart, Beethoven, Chopin, Rachmaninoff, that sort of stuff.
0: Uh, yeah, so your background is in classical music, but uh, I suppose that's not so uh, amenable to just jamming with your with your family.
3: That's right. Whereas a bit of uh, folk music, it's a lot. Uh, more conducive to, uh, mm. to jamming fun, <laughs> uh, and, uh, and Kai, what what would be your favourite type of music? Um, the
2: one that you play on the piano. <laughs> yeah, because it got it's very loud. sometimes.
0: Yeah, it's very pretty. I like that kind of music too. What's that um, little drum that you have there called? It was a little bit like a tambourine. Doyra. Doira can you describe it to me? What does it look like?
2: It's um, a bit very small and light, and it's got these things that make the sound at the back. They're made of metal.
0: And what's this uh, on the front? Turn it around. Painting. Oh, it's a painting of a man and a woman.
2: Yeah.
0: That's a beautiful instrument. Where did the doira come from? The doira,
3: this one is from Uzbekistan, uh,
0: from the town, uh,
3: ancient town. Was it some kind or of Bukhara? I can't remember. Maybe it was Bukhara. Pechian and I, we were there back in 2009, and we bought it as a souvenir. Ah. And um, surprisingly, it's uh, still going.
0: So apart from um, appearing on podcasts and playing in your lounge room, where do you see you and your family band going with uh, with this music?
3: Uh, all sorts of public spaces. Uh, we've done uh, street performers uh, along Errol Street once upon a time, and... We held a um, concert in Flagstaff. Um, It's all small, small scale. Uh, We played in in a cafe in Geelong. And we played a couple of times at community dinners in the uh, West Melbourne Baptist Church. Mm. Um, And uh, hopefully next year we're going to get our space uh, in the Melbourne Fringe.
0: Oh, fantastic. You excited about that, Kai? Yeah. So Ed and Kai and a picture. Uh, Thank you very much for coming into Studio 4 in the State Library today and uh, sharing uh, with us some of your beautiful music. Thank you very very much.
2: Thank you.
0: Thanks again to Ed and his family for taking the time to visit and perform in the studio. Now it's time for the Community Notice Board. On the next episode I'm going to be speaking to artist Nancy Lane. Her art practice focuses on repurposing cast off pieces of detritus that she finds on her walks around North Melbourne into sculptures and jewellery. Nancy has some pieces in this year's National Broach Show. It's at the Fitzroy Library, and although you'll have to cross over Elizabeth Street to get there, I'm sure it'll be worth the trip. The Australian National Broach Show 2023 is the largest show of its type in Australia. Showcasing a diverse range of media, the exhibition includes imaginative, beautiful, and unusual broaches created by artists from across Australia. Until the 26th September, head down to the Fitzroy Library at 128 Moore Street to see a glittering array of brooches and unique contemporary wearable artworks. Friend of the podcast, Perul Sen, has set up a new pop up at 400 Victoria Street, just west of Howard Street. Perul featured on our very first episode when she was running the pop up shop on Errol Street with her friend Sarah. The other day, I stopped by on the way to the market to admire her wonderful illustrations. ...of iconic Melbourne buildings, streetscapes and landmarks. You can drop in to see Perule Wednesday to Saturday, 10am to 2pm. Her new calendars for 2024 are out this week. So stop by and grab one or track her down on Instagram or Facebook... ...at Pink Wattle Art. That's Pink Wattle Art. You can hear all about Perule's fantastic work on episode 1 of this podcast. that's all for this episode thanks a lot for listening we'll be back in a fortnight with another artsy episode focused on local artist nancy lane until next time